Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact podcast, episode 16. Welcome to our bonus episode again with Liv Mercer. Her first episode was so fantastic on preventing burnout, particularly when you're in a helping field or anywhere that you're just trying to make an impact and save the world. This one is definitely a little bit more scientific. We talk about some different uh, studies she has you know, viewed about serotonin, dopamine, where that comes from. And I was particularly really interested in learning about how uh, gut health relates to your mental health. I thought it was beyond fascinating. I think that you will too, in really understanding how we can naturally increase our serotonin and dopamine levels and just get a little bit happier, chemically speaking, in our brains uh, while we're all striving for a happier healthier mental health world. So without further ado, please enjoy part two of this series, this mini series with Liv Mercer and talking about all things mental health. So everyone, first of all, needs to pause this episode and go follow Liv on Instagram. What's your handle? Uh, At Liv underscore Mercer. Perfect. They, you have a couple of Instagram highlights that are my favorites. They have psych tips and nutritional and mental health links and all of these really fun things. And she posts a lot of really wonderful, helpful content. So I want to talk about some things that you've posted on there that I found so like I screenshotted way too many of them. So let's first talk about how do you talk to people who are running the line between, and again, for like the Enneagram threes in us, Mm -hmm. where it's like, I have to hustle and hit these accomplishments and hit these milestones and do X, Y, and Z things, but also like not working themselves to the bone. Like where, like, I think sometimes we really are in this like season of, I have to hustle. I have to grind, but don't grind too hard because that's unhealthy. And don't you, I think that's a really weird conversation that's happening. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. So I'm going to actually therapize you for a second and say, I think what you just said was really important. And here's the big important thing. You linked those two phrases with a stupid little word, but. So what, but is literally grammatically designed to do is negate the thing that came before it. So if you're saying I need to take self-care, I know that like we need to not work ourselves to the bone, but you just went put a big like cross through it. And now you're saying, I need to hustle. I need to work hard. And it doesn't allow those two things to stand side by side, like synonymously. So I would encourage us, because I think that that just speaks to the problem. Like, can we join those two things with an and? So what you're saying is like, how can we hustle and take care of ourselves? So often it's how can we hustle, but take care? And that Mm. implies that like, we can't do one without getting rid of the other. Does that make sense? It does. And way to call me out on that. Cause I never would have 
thought twice about the fact that I said butts. It's really powerful. And that would be my like big takeaway for people is challenge <laughs> yourself to notice it. If you are okay. a journaler, um, I have told my clients like just journal and I want you to go back through and I want you to circle how many times you write the word butt and question how many of those actually are a butt versus how many of them can be an and. Um, and it's uncomfortable again, because so much of what we do in therapy is uncomfortable and it's important. I caught myself. I almost said, but there, um, <laughs> but it's a really powerful three letter word. And it really just speaks to this idea where we as human beings feel like we can't have two things that contradict each other in the same room. Um, and there's this great Ed Milet podcast, um, where he talks about just this idea of like blissful unsatisfaction, where it's like, can you feel really blissful, but not be fully satisfied with where you're at yet? And I caught my butt and not be fully satisfied with where you're at yet. Um, and I think that's what we as human beings need to challenge ourselves to do is how can we take care of ourselves while simultaneously hustling? And it's, it's never going to be a perfect 50-50. It, sometimes you might be hustling at 70% and taking care of yourself at 30%. And can you notice that when maybe you need to change the percentage? Maybe your hustle's at 30 and you're at 70. But right now, the way that people engage with their life, it's, it's go, 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 stop, refuel. Um, most people, when they're actually physically driving their cars around, they're not doing that. They're driving their cars and ensuring that they're not riding it to E to the point where they're concerned as to whether or not it's going to stop on the side of the road. You're usually filling it up to make sure that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Same with your phone. Most of us aren't letting our phone batteries just totally die and us have to navigate life without it. People are usually ensuring that it keeps a charge and we need to allow ourselves to, to find a way to kind of do both simultaneously while acknowledging that one might need to be higher than the other. Um, and I think having important conversations like this is a great place to start noticing when you're kind of finding yourself wanting to hang out in one camp over the other and just questioning, how can I allow both to stand side by side? What do I need right now to feel like I can hustle while still working to take care of myself? So it's not this stopping and starting mentality. Um, and also being able to just question how stress and this idea of like hustle and does not have to be synonymous with success. And so many people have equated stress with success and they do not need to stand in the same room. You can succeed and you can succeed in a way that doesn't burn you out and make you then feel like you need to take a whole week break before you start doing it again. Um, and I think that's also, what's really important is being able to question what we've attached on this idea of hustle and how just our society has really blown that up and has normalized stress as a result of it. Um, and we don't, we don't need that. So applauding one another and being like, great, I'm really proud of you for hustling. And also, what did you do today to fill up your tank? having those types of conversations is important. And most people aren't doing that. Most people are wearing busy, like a badge of honor. You're walking through life. When someone asks you how your day was, think about how many times you answer. It was awesome. I did this and I did this and I did that and I did that. And it's like, okay, so was it only great because of like what you did and how you felt? Or was it great because you feel like you did enough to label it as being great? 
Um, so we've got to be able to kind of break that stuff down and challenge ourselves to question how we can let those two things stand side by side. I feel like I did not like even blink the entire time it was like staring at you while you said that because that felt like therapy for me uh holy bananas I think all of that was amazing <laughs> I don't even have a great follow-up to that because I think that was so important and I I also really like what you just pointed out too about this idea of blissful unsatisfaction because I think a lot of times we like to hit these uh, or we like to set mile markers for life. This whole like, I know that I'll, I will have made it when. Mm-hmm. And then most of the time we get there and we're like, oh, well, now I'll be really happy if I get here or here. Like we keep always mm-hmm. pushing goalposts, which is annoying as human beings. Um, but the other one was, was just this idea that like, they're not all in the same room because I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, stereotype. I'm not trying to gender stereotype but what's funny is as I've been diving harder on like Instagram throughout this time and kind of building this business what's really funny is in general when I've been following like powerhouse business women and business Mm -hmm. coaches who are women and then a lot of also like investors which happen to be very male their language about their work is so different like there are women and even this one Instagram account that I love following and it's called seek to serve. And it is all about just that like self-care and more kind of, I think like intuitively working the way people are learning how to like intuitively eat, mm-hmm. but also intuitively working. And then it's a lot of the males are sitting there with still this very like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, like once I make this like X amount of million dollars and all of this is done, you know, I'll take like a, Hawaiian vacation. And I, and so I keep looking at both just as a, as a human being, keep looking at both. And I'm just like, okay, it's like, I want this, this bliss. I want this relaxation. I want this like harmony in my day, but I also want to make like a couple million dollars. And so I sit there and, but what I've been asking myself is like, which one is right? You just use, but again, Uh, I was going to say it's, it's, but which one is right. And also, yeah. Cause it's just like, but so but now I'm see it's super. so I know <laughs> self-conscious about this it's trying to now have this conversation with you I want to try to ask myself like how do we merge these how do they sit mm-hmm. in the same room because I've been looking at it as a which one is the lifestyle that I want instead of figuring out a way to blend them mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that wasn't even a question I'm just like I feel very therapeutic I feel like this is such a therapy session for me. <laughs> I, hey, I I love it. And the reason I'm pointing out is because I think you you and basically everybody else including myself, we we just want one thing to look at. And it's really mm-hmm. confusing when it's like I feel like I have to choose one and my question is, well, why one? I mean, if I were at a candy store and my mom said you can have one piece, I'd always challenge her and ask for more. So why aren't we doing that in our lives? You know, you don't have to just have the Sour Patch Kids. You can also ask for the Reese's if you want it. It's your life. If you want both of them, you can have both of them. Um, It's just your brain's going to constantly, it might get confused about that just because it's not programmed in the same way, but that's, 
that's our brain and it's very primitive and it sometimes works against us. And just because it works against us doesn't mean that we have to, that that's just how life needs to be. And so I'm pointing out those buts Mm -hmm. because that just speaks to this idea of I can either be blissful or I can be unsatisfied and it's, well, can you be both? Mm -hmm. Um, And I will say too, the idea of that mile marker, I always tell people like life is this big giant hike. And if you were hiking, like imagine a most beautiful national park. Um, I was in the Rocky Mountains this past summer. We were in Zion. And if I were hiking that and I were only focused on getting to the top, I would miss a whole heck of a lot along the way. And there's so many, and we don't do that if you're actually going for a hike. Usually people are stopping and they're taking pictures and they're looking at everything. That's the way you can also challenge yourself to enjoy life is you don't just need to be looking at your feet, trying to get to the top. And then when you get to the top being like, okay, now I need to get to the next top. It's so how are you pausing and enjoying the journey? And are you giving yourself enough time to enjoy and celebrate the fact that you, you made it there? before turning around and setting your sights on the next thing. And I think that also comes from needing to normalize celebrating our own accomplishments. We know that you're strong and empowered. We know that you wanna make an incredible impact on this world. And thankfully, there's an online boutique for you to represent that message every day. The Ona Boutique has two lines of t-shirts and engraved gold bar necklaces to remind you that you're capable of incredible impact on this world. And the proceeds benefit Operation Not Alone, a Wisconsin-based nonprofit supporting our troops, veterans, and mental health initiatives all across the country. Head to theownaboutique.com to shop their collections and get free shipping with the code IMPACT. That's theownaboutique.com and use code IMPACT. So one of the things, you know, as we kind of work on this more like mental health journey and finding more that that blissful symbiosis for everyone of whatever that looks like what are some ways that we can be doing a little a little drip and drap of some better like serotonin dopamine like how can we be dripping that more into ourselves throughout the day in healthy ways because I think a lot of times we get it through like Instagram likes and Mm -hmm. weird other places so where can we get it healthily (laughs) to increase our days Um, I mean, well, what's super important to mention is, um, like, first of all, if nobody's watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, either do it or don't do it. It just depends on how you want to feel. And they talk a lot about just, you know, the psychology and the physiology of the scroll and the click overall and how that's always allowing us to, to release additional serotonin and dopamine and how we keep seeking that out. Um, and more consistent ways for us to get that. Honestly, exercise is a great one. Um, and so I encourage you, like, how are you moving your body in some way? So, and that is going to look different on everybody. Let so-and-so love their Peloton bike. And if you don't want to buy a Peloton, don't buy a Peloton. You know, if you want to go for a walk around your neighborhood, go for a walk around your neighborhood. If you want to maybe do some light yoga or some light stretching, you can do that. But do find a way to move your body because that is super, super helpful with adding additional serotonin, adding dopamine. They also find too um, that with mental health, so there's all this extra inflammation that we have in in our brains. 
so for example, that's why there's so much correlation between like football players who get a lot of concussions and mental illness is because there's a lot of extra inflammation in their brains and something that helps reduce inflammation um, and stimulate brain growth overall is exercise. So finding some way to physically move your body. The big thing is sometimes we need convincing. So just start with five minutes. It's usually easier to convince yourself into something that's five minutes long than something that's an hour. And then always see if you can tack more on from there. Um, and I think that there are also plenty of other great ways, like finding some really good, actual, important, impactful social interaction. We are all in quarantine in some capacity right now. Um, and also you might feel like you've had meaningful social interaction because you just watched a lot of Instagram stories. That's not meaningful social interaction. Um, so finding some way to meaningful interact, meaningfully interact with somebody throughout our days is really important. So right now that could be, could you have a, a coffee date with people who you um, drink coffee together over Zoom at this point and you, you do question yourselves, especially as the helpers in you to say, we're all going to allow ourselves to have a time when we can just vent it out and that's going to feel uncomfortable and it's also going to feel really therapeutic to do. Um, it's also seeking out things like therapy. I mean, therapy is super cool. It's literally a space where you're supposed to just talk about you. So that can be really great too. And actually boost yourself with serotonin because you're doing something that usually we're not doing with other people. So um, I think doing that and the, then just in terms of other little odds and ends things, that's all going to be super individualized. Um, but the other big thing that I question people is question what you like to do when you were little. Like, what did you do when you were a little girl? I, were you outside? Were you, um, were you playing Barbies? Were you, I, I don't know, engaging in sports? What, like, what did you like to do and how can you question, okay, what was the theme of that? And how can I make sure that that's in my life in some way? So if you loved creative things when you were little, what are you doing right now to help yourself feel creative? Um, are you doing crafts? Are you taking up a new hobby? Are you writing a book? Are you starting a podcast? You know, like what are you doing that still speaks to those pillars of life that were really important to you when you were little? You're just doing them in an adult-like way. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, I love that. I think that was all really great advice. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk to you about, because I found this so interesting when you were posting about it, was this connection between nutrition and mental health. And specifically, you shared a lot of information on gut health mm -hmm. and, and how your gut is like connected to your mental health. So educate us on that because I thought it was yeah. so fascinating <laughs> to read. Ab absolutely. So I think like the biggest thing that we need to know is that your serotonin doesn't start in your brain. Serotonin starts in your gut. So mm. if um, somebody is starting like an SSRI, a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which is what most people will start if they're um, going on medication for anxiety or depression. That's why when people are starting it, sometimes their tummies will feel weird is because it's starting there. Um, and so it's really important that you think about the, how the way you fuel your body can 
just be so impactful and important. Like we are like glorified earthworms. So what that basically <laughs> means is everything that you put in your body, your, you have to decide, your body decides, do I want to keep this or do I want to fight this thing off? And so what that means is when your body's going to try and fight something off, it actually is like giving some of its nutrients away to consume or fight off this thing. So think about when you're stressed, you're usually really busy and you're usually like letting all these super important things like nutritionally slide by the wayside. People are more likely to like go get takeout or go get fast food and you're not fueling your body in this very intentional way. So if you just went because you were stressed, you didn't have time, you went through the drive-through and you said, I'm going to just get a bunch of French fries and a burger. And I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm just pointing out that your body is actually having to give its own nutrients to absorb this thing. So it didn't really gain anything and it actually took something away from you. And that is now adding additional inflammation. And what we know is that the more inflammation that's in your body, inflammation is linked to mental health. So there's just a lot to that about how we really need to notice that the times when we're eating things that help us are usually when we have the time. It's usually when we feel good. And the times when we need to eat better and more intentionally and more are the times when we're really stressed out. And that's usually when we're not fueling our bodies with helpful things. Um, and so I know for me, when I first heard that, this idea of us being glorified earthworms, it was really helpful because I was like, oh, wow, it really doesn't know the difference between this or that. It's just saying, hey, is this something I want to consume or does it, do I want to fight it off? And is our body fighting things off at times when it doesn't really have that much nutrient or serotonin or neurotransmitters to quote unquote give away? Does that make sense? It does. And it kind of blew my mind because and I think an important part to that is um, – you know, so many times, and I've recorded actually a different uh, interview about this that hasn't been released yet, was this idea between, you know, like the, like, you know, the CEOs who, like when their schedules come out and they're like, I wake up at 5 a.m. and I have my green juice and I do my yoga and I, you know, do all these things. And I've always wondered, I'm like, is this kind of like a crock of something? And a lot of them will like do this meal prepping. And I've kind of always just been like, when they say it's really important, I've always been like, yeah, but it's like a little annoying that you're just kind of preaching this. So when you say things like that and I understand why mm -hmm. and where it comes from, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I get it. Like, it's just like, sometimes it's annoying. I think when people say like, oh, you've got a meal prep so that you don't go through the drive-through, it sounds annoying until you understand what that means for your body, both mm -hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, so I have loved learning about these things. Have you read the book? how to not die no is oh my gosh good? what is it his, what is his name michael something it's amazing it, it's amazing because it, it's a lot about all of this and it breaks down i don't know if i'm going to keep this in the interview or not um i just really love it. oh it's dr michael gregor he's wonderful it's basically it breaks down the first half is breaking down general diseases so like heart disease brain disease gut you know um they digestive issues, uh, where they come from and why and what foods help it. And then the second half is all of these different foods and what they do naturally to our body. 
and mm-hmm. helpful and not helpful. And so I think that was also a real game changer mentally because mm-hmm. I was just like learning. And I was like, oh, I was like, this is why these whole foods, it's why, why people talk about like, you know, food being medicine because mm-hmm. it's doing all these ripple effects to your body. So this is getting on such a side tangent, but I think this is why this is helpful to understand these like those neurotransmitters in your body, like you're talking about. And also I did not know that serotonin starts in your gut. That was, it does. It does. And, and I'll say too, I totally agree with you. Like, so I went, the reason I learned all this is I went to this conference, um, last June about nutritional and integrative ways to treat mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember, I was like, holy shit, my like whole brain felt like it exploded because it was just the most amazing content in a way. But what was really interesting is when you talked about like, yeah, you hear these CEOs and they drink the greens and you're like, oh, that's annoying. Um, the same thing is like, I've seen like motivational speakers be like, I take a cold shower every morning. And I was like, you are psycho. Why are you doing that? Well, I learned from this conference that the reason people do it is because it resets what's called your vagus nerve, which is like the biggest nerve that you have. Um, And nobody can see me, but I'm like pointing at the back of your head close to your spine. It's this big nerve that runs. And that is what will help you go from your sympathetic nervous system to your parasympathetic nervous system and kind of back and forth. So when we're in our sympathetic nervous system, First of all, I hate that we call it that because it's not sympathetic at all. That's when people are feeling really anxious. That's when the fight, flight, freeze mentality is really activated. And we have to reset our vagus nerve to be able to transition back into our parasympathetic nervous system. So cold showers help reset that or like even just putting a cold compress. And I remember when I heard that, I was like, Okay, so it's not a crack of BS why people do this. I should take I should take a cold shower every day. Or, you know, if you're feeling anxious, just like using that as a way to reset it. But I really think that it's important that we learn to really just look at our bodies for what they are and question how that can work for us or can work against us. Um, and we need to learn how to work with our bodies in a way that's actually helpful. Um, so that might involve really looking at your calendar and saying, okay, I have a stressful week coming up. I know I'm going to be tempted to get takeout and fuel it in a way that's not helpful. How can I make space to meal prep? Because I know this is a time when my body needs its nutrients more than any other time. Um, I'm feeling really stressed out. Can I zap when I go and take a shower and it's a super stressful time? Can I, you know, maybe at the beginning take, have two seconds of that be a cold shower before I flip it right over and it's warm and just notice how that kind of changes things for you because your body is really powerful in just the way that it works with our minds and we and the way we view our bodies is also really powerful too so it is really important that just kind of in everything we do that we're questioning how can we work with this thing and not work against it mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for talking about that cold shower thing, because I remember once hearing or reading or whatever, um, mm-hmm. it was Tony Robbins was oh, talking yes. about you. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was, it, it, he like, it, he said something where it's like every single morning he wakes up and jumps in a pool of like 45 degree water or something. And, but he said, and he's like, yeah, cause it like builds my, um, 
he's like, cause I, I do one thing that scares me every single day and I build up like courage and it makes me have the courage to do other things. And I was like, that's like kind of like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the jumping in water that you know that you're going to do every morning builds your courage muscle. So mm-hmm. when you described it as the fact that it's actually kind of like a reset to your nervous system, that makes so much more sense than right. like, no, I'm building up my courage. I, I will also say too, um, you know, again, just really thinking about things from an inflammation perspective is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, this training talks so much just about the differences in America and how we have less regulations on our food. Um, like I remember I was in Italy last summer and I'm usually someone where like, I can't eat a ton, a ton of carbs without feeling like someone needs to roll me out of the building or like really <laughs> tired. Like it has such effects on me. And obviously I was in Italy and I was like, pasta, pizza, everything. I did not feel like crap at all. It's because they have just, a, they don't put as many additives in there. So it's also important that you just kind of question that overall. It's just, how can you view yourself in a more holistic way? And how can inf- extra inflammation in your body maybe be contributing to how, how you're feeling? And if, if how you feel is really tired, that's not going to make you feel motivated or want to do anything. And you can see that it becomes just a really slippery slope. So this training just talks, talks so much about like the idea of like neuroplasticity and really basically just about we want to promote brain growth because if you have brain growth, then you have more serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine and the happy neurotransmitters in your brain. And if you're eating in a way that's causing more inflammation, it's stunting your brain growth. So you're not going to get as many of those happy neurotransmitters released. If you're not exercising, you know, that can stunt brain growth. So, and when you're more stressed out, your body is just dumping because you have inflammation. It's dumping more cortisol out at that inflammation. And it's just this like big physiological mess that that's actually adding more to your stress levels in general. So we have to be willing to just kind of question how it's not just about attacking things through this cognitive, psychological, behavioral lens. And also how can we ensure that we're fueling our body in a way that promotes brain growth? um, Because that is really powerful and really helpful for us too. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that was so good. Um, is this for the push for, and I can never tell if it's pronounced turmeric or turmeric has kind of been, is because isn't that like a good anti-inflammation? It is, it is. And, you know, I have this, which you know, I can just like add you to it because I feel like you would love to read these, these oh, yeah. notes that I have. Um, Please but do. they did in this training, <laughs> they talked a lot about turmeric and I have it somewhere in here. Um, really, yeah, it's just the idea of like anti-inflammatory. So a lot of, a lot of these, um, more like integrative approaches talk about having people do like the anti-inflammatory diet, which is the Mediterranean diet. And I should know I'm not a nutritionist. Um, you know, so always consult with your provider about this and just things like that. So, you know, where you're really saying, wanting to put more like salmon and wild caught fish because they have a lot more of those like omega sixes and omega threes and their fatty acids, they can swim. So if they're going to float on water, so they're actually swimming and that's more of the fatty acids that we want, but they did talk a ton about turmeric. Um, you know, they talked also about, I, I can't even think about it. Like 
other sorts of supplements. Um, but what is really important to note is that you can't just like take turmeric and then you're going to feel a million times better the next day. Like this mm-hmm. is a slow and steady process and we are wanting to work to have our bodies respond to us in a way that helps us. But yes, I remember that I can't find it in my notes, but they talked a lot about turmeric and how that mm-hmm. actually can be helpful. And a lot about like vitamin B and vitamin D and how many people are actually super deficient in those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, oh, they talked about ginseng too. Lots of like ashwagandha, I think is what it's oh, called. Ashwagandha. I've been taking an ashwagandha supplement for like three months. Mm-hmm. What a lovely thing. Right. So they talk all about this. Um, But again, it's not like you're going to take the supplement one day and be like, I can conquer the world. It's, we have to be willing to play the long game. Um, But we are just so short term instant gratification oriented that can really challenge us from really Mm -hmm. being committed to making these changes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, Liv, I think this has been like the single most helpful like interview ever on mental health and burnout and serotonin and dopamine and all the love. Uh, Is there any like last bit nugget of wisdom that you would like to share with us? Oh my goodness. I mean, as you can tell, I could talk about so many of these things all day long. And I also say that's like the therapist in me. It's like someone in one session could say like one thing and then we're pulling that apart for the next like five sessions. Um, which is totally okay. I I really just think like the biggest thing that you as people need to be willing to do is just question yourself as an individual. And again, italicize bold print, large print in a non-judgmental way and really be willing to just question why, why do I do what I do? Why does what I like mean something to me? And how can I use that as information to guide me in terms of how I interact with myself and interact with my life? Um, And that's hard to do. That's why therapy is a really great space. And I really just encourage you to also view therapy as a space where you can go when you don't have a problem. Um, You can go there because you're wanting to learn more about yourself and you're wanting to ensure that you have a space, especially as a helper, a space where you know that you're paying somebody for this undivided attention. And sometimes as a helper, it feels easier to allow yourself to do that Mm -hmm. than it does to allow yourself to gain that type of undivided attention in your other social relationships. Um, And just ultimately take what it is that you're needing. And if that's, if you find like listening to good podcasts like this helpful, make sure that you're consuming content that helps you and be willing to question that too. You can curate your life and your feed in a way that lifts you up and not brings you down. So if you're going on social media and you realize you're following a bunch of people who are just giving into that belief that you need to hustle all the time and that's causing burnout, mute those people don't follow them. Ensure that you are curating yourself and your life in a way that's helping with where you're at right now. And that's just going to ebb and flow. And that's going to change, you know, but read the books. If you like the books, listen to the audiobooks. If you like the audiobooks, listen to the podcasts. Ultimately, again, it's not what you do. It's why you do it. And if it's helping you keep on that train, um, you know, if what you're doing right now is helping you and you don't feel like you need therapy, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to push someone in therapy that doesn't mm-hmm. need it. 
And I do encourage you, if you think that that can be helpful, just know that there are resources out there. You don't, you don't need to be to your breaking point before you seek therapy. In fact, as a therapist, I'm like, I would have loved you to come in before you hit that breaking point because I can help you from getting there um, or at least help you from recognizing what that breaking point is or support you as you get closer to that, you know, just so on and so forth. So, you know, ultimately my last piece of wisdom and advice is even the helper needs help. Mm. Even the helper deserves to be supported. Um, and it, it can feel really challenging as the helper to be willing to step in that space where you are the one asking for help. Um, and also sometimes it's important that we take a, a little piece of our own advice and a little piece of our own medicine and be willing to accept the same thing that we so graciously offer to everybody else. So that's my last piece of tidbit. And I would encourage you to consume that as much as possible because I know you are a massive helper and an (laughs) I two and three, um, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Well, and one last, like, I think story I want to share with this, um, even like to follow up on that. I remember when I started therapy, which was in December, it's like almost a year ago, And I remember like, it took a long time, you know, to get the appointment with like the girl that I wanted and whatever. And so I I made the appointment when I was have, when I was at my breakdown spot that you just mentioned. And then in a couple of weeks, when I actually got to sit down for my first session, I remember thinking that I was like back on top. Like I was riding high. I was in a great mood. And so I thought serious about seriously about canceling it because I'm like, no, I'm doing better now. Like I had that time. And then I got there and it was in a great mood and I met her and she was like, you know, like kind of like, why are you here? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm having a great day, great time. And she started asking me like, she asked me like two questions and I broke down in tears. And I was like, why am I doing this? Like I was having a great day because those things were still unresolved. And Mm -hmm. it's like a breakdown would have come again Mm -hmm. if I didn't intervene that. So even to anyone there who's like thinking they've had those, but like right now they're in kind of an upswing mood, like it, it can come again if you don't nip it in the butt, but absolutely but, whatever first, but, but something like that. And absolutely. Something. And I think it just speaks to this idea that we, as human beings, like we, we are very avoidant. We don't, we are not taught like, Hey, it's totally okay for you not to be happy all the time. Um, it's totally okay for you not to want to hustle today. It's totally like that. That's totally okay. We are not taught that we are instead taught hey, if you don't feel happy, something's wrong with you. And so having that space where you can challenge those beliefs and also know that just because we're not trying to go through this life to avoid a breakdown, but that's how people try and engage with life. And a lot of times when people feel better, it's because we're not looking at that thing anymore. We've swept it underneath the rug and therapy can be a helpful space where it's more of a, not how can I sweep it under the rug, more of a, how can I look at that thing and still be able to tolerate how it makes me feel? Or how can I learn about that thing? How can I learn why it triggers me? And how can I use that understanding to just change the way I engage with my life? Um, And so that's happened to me many a times before. And I can always tell you, they're always like, no, I don't need therapy. I'm good. And I'm like, okay. And they're always back. They're always back. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with always being back. I think that's the other important thing too. There's nothing wrong if you come back. There's nothing wrong with anxiety still popping back up. You are a literal human being with human emotions. 
you are going to feel a magnitude of those things, good, bad, neutral, everything in between. And that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. And having somebody there who can remind you of those things, because that's not what society does, is really important. So I'm glad that you, you know, you can speak so candidly about that, because I think so many people need to hear, hey, I was feeling better. And then I went and I realized, okay, it's still super important for me to be in therapy <laughs> right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Liv, this has been so amazing. So incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know I've had you on here for like two hours. <laughs> so thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank this you. I honestly, I love talking about this stuff. So it doesn't ever even feel like work to me. It just it is always so fun to have these conversations. And I hope that this reaches somebody's ear and it, you know, just impacts them in a positive way, or at least helps them just question what it is that maybe they want to approach differently or do differently in their life. So thank you for thinking of me to come and speak on this. I am so appreciative. So no, you are the best person for this. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friend, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.